Ezekiel with me, chapter 34 this morning. Ezekiel chapter 34, if you're in the, this chapter. Church, I, mean, I want to walk through the chapter with you this morning. Again, we're going through the major prophets. And I think we've got just, I don't know, five or six lessons left. We're going to look at the book of Daniel. You'll be happier Daniel's stories. Sunday school teachers did not like going through Ezekiel because their premises are truths. And sometimes they're hard to put in a story form, like today's one of the shepherds. But again, we'll go into Daniel, and I think we're looking at five or six lessons in Daniel. And then we'll be done with the major prophets. Then we're going to jump into the minor prophets. And again, the difference between the major prophets and minor prophets is not the significance about the man, but the significance about the size of the books. So when we talk major and minor, they were all important to God. Five major prophets because of the size of the books. Minor prophets, of course, the size of the book as well. This morning, I want to uh, walk through this chapter with you. So I'm going to pray first, and then uh, we'll walk through it uh, together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again for letting us be in church this morning. Lord, would you again speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we hear the still small voice, even in our own hearts tonight, this morning. Lord, I know it doesn't happen unless we ask. Lord, we stop before each service asking. And uh, Lord, again, speak to us in a real way. Bless all the teachers as they teach today, the students. Lord, thank you again for the power of your word. Use it in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just look at your Bible now, Ezekiel chapter 34. The first few verses here, verses numbers 1 through 4, is going to be talking about the shepherds. And I think it's pretty clear here. Looking at verse number 1, the Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, church, let me think for just a moment here. I don't know how you are, but when I think of shepherds of Israel, I think of the prophets. I just always do. But when you look in Scripture, there are more uh, people that are referred to as shepherds than just the prophets of the Old Testament. For instance, the, uh, God's our shepherd. We just, that's our verse for next week. Psalm 23, 1, say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So God's our shepherd. Jesus, in John chapter 10, is referred to as the good shepherd. He's also referred to as the great shepherd. And then last of all, he's referred to as the chief shepherd in 1 Peter, so that we know that God is a shepherd. Now, uh, David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, when he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, he was not just, he was writing under the inspiration of God, but God used the personality of the person, which was David being a shepherd. In other words, he thought like a shepherd. In other words, taking care of sheep. By the way, let me say this. Not only are there different shepherds in scripture, like what we mentioned, obviously the Old Testament prophet in the New Testament, the pastor is considered the under shepherd. Uh, there's no doubt about all of these different shepherds. Same thing with the sheep. In fact, in this chapter alone, 10 times does God refer to Israel as my flock or my sheep, uh, a shepherding of the flock, 10 different times. God refers to us as sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. So again, the believer is considered a sheep. Not only are believers considered sheep, but Jesus said that he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel, which means unbelievers would be referred to sheep. Now, I'm not a shepherd. Dad had all kinds of animals, and believe it or not, he had sheep as well. And, uh, but from what we see about sheep, they're kind of dumb, all righty? Church members, I can see the parallel, all righty? <laughs> but they're kind of dumb, and sheep need a shepherd, and that shepherd is the one that leads them and guides them and feeds them and takes care of them. And so God is, gives us this chapter under Ezekiel. He's the prophet in Babylon. And as the prophet in Babylon, he's talking to the children of Israel and says, hey, God said for me to tell you, woe unto the shepherds. All right. In other words, God was not happy with those who were leading Israel. Now, in this particular chapter, I don't think it's really specifically talking about the prophets. And I, want, and I believe that because in verse number four, it talks about the shepherds that were ruling over them. I think it was referring to the king. I think it was referring to the princes. I think it was referring to the magistrates. Maybe to a degree, those in the tabernacle that were leading to a degree, the Levites and the priests. But God is talking about those that were in leadership, and God was not happy. Now listen, I like, I say I like, it's interesting, uh, James chapter 3, I think it's verse number 1, 
And uh, God says uh, about the, be not many masters. In other words, we need to be careful about trying to always be the leader because why? Because they hold the greater condemnation. I want to tell you, people that look at the pastor job, man, I wish I could be the pastor. Boy, just he has it so easy. He only has to, he only has to work three days a week, amen? Sunday and Wednesday, all right? Twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. And uh, can I just tell you that leadership is not just behind the pulpit. Leadership is in your home. Leadership is the person that you're leading at work as far as taking care of others. God uses us to influence people and leadership. In fact, I quoted the verse wrong. It says this in James 3.1, be not many masters for ye hold the greater condemnation. In other words, master meaning teacher there, be not many teachers. Don't try to necessarily be the authority because there is a greater responsibility with being the leader. Now, can I just tell you, if you're not the leader, you should be a good follower. All righty. And so again, he, God here in this chapter, he's going to spend the entire chapter talking about the shepherds. Look now at your Bible, verse number two again. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. All right, now in verses one through four, here's what the shepherds did. They fed themselves. Should not the shepherd feed the flocks? Verse number three, ye eat the fat. Ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. Look at verse four. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. So that's, that's the picture we have here of the shepherds is God says, listen, you as the leadership, whether that was the king or whether it was the priest, he says, you as leadership, you're not taking care of the flock, you're taking advantage of the flock. All right. Are you with me so far? Say amen. amen. Taking advantage of what God has given you to be able to lead people. All right. So God was not happy with these, these shepherds. Now look what the sheep were doing. All right. The verse number five and six is the sheep. Verse one through four is the shepherds. Verse five says this. It says, and they were scattered, the sheep, because there is no shepherd. All right. Now let me, let me stop again. I don't know if I'm going to actually teach points this morning. I, I, I have points. I'm going to teach that this morning. I might just get to the chapter. I want you to think for just a moment here that God intended for us to have shepherds, okay? I'm going to tell you, we get so aggravated with leadership, and I, sometimes rightly so, when leadership doesn't follow the Bible and when leadership does its own thing, and when leadership as is here is taking advantage of the people, all right? Leadership is not about what the people can do for you. Leadership is supposed to be what you're supposed to be able to do for the people, I have to make a, a, a decision this week about the school. And this morning before I came in, I called another pastor and said, listen, I'm really struggling with this particular decision about the school because it has to do with staff and students. And I, the statement that stuck out, he said, listen, you always do what's good for the people. That's what leadership is supposed to do. Leadership, is, if we're not careful, has become so self-centered. And we look at the United States of America, and we look at our leadership, and I want to tell you something. This thing that leadership representing the people, I'm telling you, we've gotten far away from that. It's almost like it's in word only, okay? Now, understand here, as God is speaking to the leadership of, of Judah, they're going to go into captivity because their leadership was not doing right. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah. And how many times did Jeremiah say, if you would just repent and do what's right, you'll save all this people. If he would have done what's right, fellowship could have been saved. Now, again, look what God, he says here about the sheep. He says in verse number five, and they were scattered because there is no shepherd and they became meat to all the beasts of the field and they were scattered. All right, now, just, I mean, let me define some things in this chapter here. You have sheep, you have a shepherd, 
you have beasts, all right? Those are the three main, if I can say, shepherds, sheep, and beasts, okay? Now, we're going to get farther down. Jesus is the shepherd, but he's referring to leadership here, shepherd's leadership. The sheep are followship. And the beast, believe it or not, in this particular passage, was those heathen countries that surrounded the children of Israel that were destroying them. Because why? The flock was Israel, all right? Look what he says next here in verse number six. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them, all right? Now, here's the thought, or one of the thoughts I should say this morning. God is talking to the children of Israel. The children of Israel, of course, 10 tribes went, already went into captivity under Sennacherib, king of Assyria. The last two tribes, Judah, are about to go into, uh, into captivity under Babylon. The first and second deportation has already taken place because Ezekiel is prophesying from Babylon. All right, so the rest is about to be scattered. And uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, is going to take over Jerusalem. And what's going to happen? The flock's going to scatter. Some are going to be taken back to Babylon. Some are in Assyria. Some went to, to, uh, toward Moab and, and Ammon. And they're, and they're scattered. And the Bible says that the beasts are destroying the flock. All these heathen countries. Where do you get that at? All right, glad you asked. Since you didn't, I'll show you. Verse 28 and 29. And they shall no more be a prey to the, what's the word there? Heathen, verse 28. Neither shall the beast of the land devour them. So what was the beast of the land? It was the heathen surrounding them. But they shall dwell safely and none shall make them afraid, and I will raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the, who? Heathen anymore. So the sheep was is, literally Israel, the shepherds was the leadership of Israel, and the beasts were those surrounding heathen that were trying to destroy Israel. Right? Now that's the interpretation of the passage. But look what happens next. God's not happy in verse number 7 through verse number 10, God's judgment upon the shepherds. The verse 7 and 9 are identical. Verse 7, therefore, you shepherds, hear ye the word of the Lord. Verse 9, therefore, you, O you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Let's just look at verse 10. What did God say? Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. That's what, I mean. what happened to all the kings of Judah? They went into captivity as well. Zedekiah had his eyes burned out and he went in chains back in, he was in his 30, 31, 32. He went at, at that age, went into captivity and he died there. So he spent the rest of his days as a blind man because God says, okay, shepherds, if you're not going to take care of my flock, then I'm going to take care of you because I'm against you. It's important that leadership does right. Follow me for a second here. As sheep, all of us are sheep, by the way, from pasture to the pew, all of us are sheep because we're God's sheep. He's the shepherd. God's given us an under-shepherd or leadership in our life, one being the pastor in a church, one being a father in a home. But God's giving us leadership in our lives. Now listen, we should, not, we should be careful that we don't become sheep that are stubborn to where we don't do what the leadership is God has given us in our life. Can I tell you something? God can take care of leadership. Just look at all the kings of Judah. They went into captivity. All right. Now, I want you to notice how God treats his sheep. All right. Look at verse number 11. This is God as the shepherd. He says, for thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I will, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Hey, aren't you glad God looks for you? Just remember, I know the interpretation. The sheep are definitely the children of Israel. The shepherd is definitely those who were leading Israel. But, the, but in, in, as far as li in the literal sense. But what is God saying here? Ten times, if you'll notice in your Bible, verse number eight, my, I'm sorry, verse number six, my sheep. 
Verse number 6, again, in the middle of the verse, my flock. Verse number 10, the end of the verse, my flock. Verse number 11, end of the verse, my sheep. Verse number 12, middle of the verse, my sheep. He says, my sheep, my flock, all throughout the rest of this chapter, because God is the shepherd. The Lord is my Just remember, God cares about you. He leads you. He directs you. He watches over you. Here we are, the dumb sheep, and here you have the great shepherd of the flock, and that great shepherd, good shepherd, chief shepherd is God, Jesus, but it's God who takes care of us. You're not alone. I want to tell you something. The trouble that we get into oftentimes is self-inflicted because we don't want to follow the shepherd. The shepherd knows what's best for our life, and we decide, no, we think we know what's best for our life, all right? Look what God says again in verse number 11. For thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I will both search and seek, search my sheep and seek them out. Verse 12, as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them, I think the cloudy and dark day was when they went into captivity. Verse 13, and I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, talking about the heathen surrounding, and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by rivers and in all the inhabitant places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. Verse 15, and I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. Verse 16, I will seek them, I'm sorry, I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick, and will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed uh, them with judgment. You'll notice verse 16 is the direct opposite of verse number 4. Verse 4, this is what the shepherds weren't doing. Verse 16, this is what God does do. God says, you didn't take care of the broken, and, and you didn't go after the lost, and you didn't heal the sick. And God says, these are the things that I do. Hey, listen, you might be having a rough time, but the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is the one that takes care of us. And, he's, and by the way, he's not leaving you to die. He's there for us. And so God's the picture here as far as the shepherd. Church family, verse 17 to 20, 20, 22, I call it the mean sheep. Verse 17 to 22 is not talking about the shepherds. It's talking about sheep that are mean-spirited. All right, look what the Bible says in verse 17. As for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will judge between cattle and cattle. In other words, between sheep and sheep. Between the rams and the he goats, verse 18, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, ye have eaten up the good pasture, talking about the sheep, ye have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures, and to have drunk of the deep waters, talking about the sheep, but ye must foul the residue with your feet. And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, talking about the, the sheep that have to eat what you've trodden under, the other sheep have trodden under, and they drink that which was fouled with your feet, talking about the sheep that had fouled the water up, walking through it and messing in it and leaving that for the other sheep to drink. Look what he says in verse number 20. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God unto them, behold, I even I will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle. He's not talking about the size of the cattle here. He's talking about the rich sheep. He's talking about the ones that were better off in Judah. And here they're going through all these problems and they, they took advantage of it. They were mean to the other, other sheep, other folks and children of Israel. Verse 21, because ye have thrust with side and with shoulder and pushed all the diseased with your horns till ye have scattered them abroad. Therefore will I save my flock and they shall no more bear prey and I will judge between cattle and cattle. So in here, God says, hey, listen, I'm gonna judge between the mean sheep, the ones that are part of, these weren't shepherds, these were people, people part of the sheep. Listen, as, as Christians, sometimes there's mean sheep. 
There's Christians that don't treat you very well. There's, there's Christians who say things about you. They're, they're critical. They're negative. They're unkind. They're, they don't think of others. Children, we shouldn't be that kind of sheep. We should be the kind of sheep that God would be pleased of, of taking care of one another and loving one another. Are you with me this morning? So as he's going through the shepherds, he switches from the shepherds to the sheep that weren't treating the rest of the flock as well. Now, here's the thought this morning, and this might be all we get to this morning. Verse number 23 through verse number 31, the end of the chapter go together. I don't know if you bracket things, but verse 23. Church, remember, look at the first phrase in verse 23, all right? In fact, just say it with me. Ready? Together. And I will set up one shepherd over them. I will is future tense. And I will set up one shepherd over them. Now, the them being the children of Israel. Church, remember, who is that one shepherd? It's Jesus Christ. It's very interesting when we go through the rest of this. I think it's talking to the children of Israel, possibly in the millennial, during the millennial reign of Christ. But I also think it's referring even to after the millennial reign of Christ because it says God will be with them. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that God will be with us at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. And we're going to be living, living and reigning with Christ, Jesus Christ, on this earth. But God will actually be with us after the millennium. Actually, that's the battle of Gog and Magog. But I want you to look at verse number 21 again with me now. Verse, I'm sorry, verse 23. Verse 23, look what it says. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Now, I guess I just want to point out some things. Jesus Christ, of course, he died on the cross for our sins. We understand that we're here during this church age and that the Lord could come back at any moment. dun 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 Wouldn't it be glad? I woke up a couple of you. Amen. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for the trumpet to blow right now? The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord near. During this tribulation period time, the Antichrist is going to have his reign. We're going to be in heaven. Marriage Supper of the Lamb takes place. Isn't it interesting, the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Did you ever notice, we tend to, as humanity, we put all the focus on the bride. It won't be such when we get to heaven. It's the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, not the Marriage Supper of the Bride. You know why? Because all the attention goes to Christ. And so then the marriage supper of the Lamb. And after that, we have the judgment seat of Christ. And that's where we're going to be rewarded. The righteousness of the saints is really at the judgment seat of Christ. Our works are going to be burned up. It's either be wood, hay, or stubble. It's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. The gold, silver, and precious stones are the good works that we do right now. And that's the righteousness of the robes that we'll be wearing forever. As far as how we live now, we'll, we'll be affected for eternity. At the end of the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says we come back on white horses. The battle of Armageddon takes place. We understand that Christ sets his kingdom up. This is the passage that it's talking about. Church, I mean, Israel did not accept Jesus Christ as the king of kings, but they will one day. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the, those who pierced him will see him. Well, folks, the first people who literally pierced him, and I know it was our sin, but the people who literally pierced him was the Jews. They're the ones that hung him on that cross. And the Bible says when Jesus Christ comes back, their eye is going to see them in Christ's second coming. Uh, the millennial reign of Christ is going to take place. That's what this chapter is talking about. When he talks about there'll be one shepherd. Hold your place right there. I'm going to come back and finish the chapter. But turn over to John chapter 10, if I can find it quickly enough. John chapter 10, look at verse, I think it's verse 16. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, look down at verse number 16. Verse 16 says this. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Now, church, I have a red letter edition. Jesus is speaking to the Jews here. The other sheep is us, that's the Gentiles, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, that this fold being the Jews, them also I must bring, and they shall bear, I'm sorry, they shall hear my voice, 
and there shall be how many folds? And how many shepherds? All right, now, Church Jimmy, in Ezekiel 34, it's talking about the Jews being the sheep. In John chapter 10, it's talking about all of us being the sheep. He says, hey, listen, there's another fold. That's the Gentiles that have gotten saved, put their faith and trust in Christ. And there's this fold. He was referring to the Jews as he was talking to them. He says, now, listen, it's all going to be one fold. Dear church family, during the millennial reign of Christ, we are one fold. And there is one shepherd. Who is that shepherd? Jesus Christ. And guess what he's going to do during the millennial reign of Christ? The Bible says he shall, I mean, back in Ezekiel 34 and verse 23, the last phrase, he shall be their shepherd. In other words, God's going to be the one. And, and by the way, it, we understand that we're going to live and reign with him. We also remember the phrase where it says, and he shall reign with a rod of iron. Church, I mean, during the millennial reign of Christ, people are still going to have choices whether or not they believe or not. Right. I know I'm not trying to get too deep this morning, but when the battle of Armageddon takes place, the people who are cast on the lake of fire are the people who are at the battle of Armageddon. There is a remnant that are going to be ushered into the uh, millennial reign of Christ, and that's where children will be born. We're not going to have children. We've got our glorified bodies already. So they are still going to have a choice. How is it that Satan, after a thousand years, is going to get loose, and when he comes back after the thousand years, he's going to gather an army as the sand of the sea? Why? Because during the millennial, during a perfect reign, the perfect leader, the one shepherd, Jesus Christ, there are people that are still going to to choose. You say, how can that happen? The same way Adam and Eve can come out of a utopia and fall and eat of the fruit. People have a choice. So here, again, he's talking to the children of Israel in Ezekiel 34. He says, there's one shepherd. That shepherd is Jesus Christ. If you're saved, you have one shepherd. And you ought to obey his voice. And if you can't hear his voice, maybe he's not your shepherd. And I know we're not talking about a literal voice, but God impresses upon our heart when we read the scriptures, when we pray, sometimes during a church service as the Lord, sometimes when we're singing, the Holy Spirit impresses upon our heart. You ought to be able to hear, not an audible voice. I'm not trying to get you to think wrongly this morning, but I believe that God impresses upon our heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man... That means we can hear a voice. I'm not trying to be spooky or, or I'm not trying to, you know, I know the, the demons would like for people to hear voices, that demonic. But you're showing me, when you pray this morning, God, would you please lead and direct me? Would you show me what you want today? God, would you please answer? And whatever that answer is for that particular, would you press up on my heart what you want? And yes, sometimes God uses people to show us, but it goes back to what does God want? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Just me understand that God's the shepherd that can feed us and teach us and help us and guide us. Now look at a couple things here. I'm back in the scripture there in verse number 25. And I will make with them a covenant of peace and will cause the evil beast to cease, the evil beast being the heathen, to cease out of the land and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about that, that, uh, my hill a blessing and I will cause uh, the shower to come down in, in his season. There shall be showers of blessings. Did you know that song that you sing is actually referring to the millennial reign of Christ, that there are going to be showers of blessings during the millennial reign of Christ? So what's this passage saying here? One shepherd who's going to feed us, who's going to give us peace, and who's going to shower us with blessings. How many is glad the Lord's coming back? Amen? Amen. We're living under opposite of that. The world's trying to feed us with all their junk, and we live without peace today because of all the problems that are going on in our life. And it doesn't seem like we're showered with very many blessings because of all the bills that we have and things we have to take care of. Not so during the millennial reign of Christ. One shepherd feeds his sheep, blesses his sheep, and gives them peace. 
Look at your Bible now. We'll close out the chapter here. In verse number, um, uh, safety is verse number 27. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit and the earth shall yield her increase and they shall be safe in their land. Verse number, um, let's see here, pick it up in verse number 28. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely. Jump down to verse number 30. Thus shall they know that I am the Lord their God, Lord their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people. So again, those sheep are referring to the house of Israel, his people, saith the Lord. Verse 31. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. But you remember, you remember how this chapter started? I'm against the shepherds of Israel because the shepherds of Israel have not taken care of my people. How does this chapter end? End. I just want you to know you're men, you're sheep, but I'm the shepherd and I'm going to take care of you. Here's my, in our life, can I make the application this morning? And again, I only have just a few minutes and so I'll, I will end on time. But I want you to just think about what is the Lord, how is the Lord our shepherd? I'm not going to teach another lesson because I don't have time this morning. But I want you to turn over to Psalm 23 and I want you to see just, just a couple things in Psalm 23 that shows God as our shepherd. I know most of you know this chapter by heart, Psalm 23. Let's say together the first verse, Ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. That phrase, I shall not, guess what it means? Never. I, I shall not, never. I shall not want. What does the word want mean? It means to lack, to do without. Did you know that Psalm 23, the whole chapter is talking about what the shepherd does for the sheep to make sure we don't want? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want what? Every verse shows something that the Bible says that the shepherd is going to take care of the sheep to make sure that we don't want. Now, I want to tell you something. I'm not a shepherd, but we understand what was the, what was the reason for the shepherd, his rod and his staff. A staff would have, a, if they went down into a ravine, that they would pull that. Sometimes uh, that rod and staff would be used again to protect the sheep. Those things are mentioned in this particular passage. But it was something that the shepherd would do to lead his sheep. Church family, God's our shepherd. Sometimes he has to use the, the staff. He has to pull us to, away from things or get us, pick us up when we fall. Sometimes he used to use the rod where he has to discipline us in our life. Why? Because the shepherd cares for the sheep. How do we know that? Ezekiel 34, God's the shepherd. And God says, you're going to have one shepherd. And that one shepherd is Jesus Christ. We know that again from John chapter 10. Now, look at just quickly these things this morning. If I can just take these last few moments of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want what? Verse number two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Think about that. What does he do with the sheep? He says in verse number two again, he maketh me to lie down. What's he giving? He's giving rest to the sheep. You know, I know the Bible says this is not our rest. One day our rest is going to be with Christ and we're going to have eternal rest. Amen. But God still gives us rest both physically and spiritually in our life. But that rest comes because he's the shepherd of the sheep. There are so many people that are in turmoil and they're without rest. It's because they're not letting God be the shepherd. They're trying to take the rod. They're trying to take the staff. They're trying to do their own. God says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Why is it still waters? Because sheep get restless with noise. God knows exactly where to take us. And he knows where the waters are that are still. And he knows where to give us rest. If you've ever never read the book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. It's a very amazing book. It was written by Keller. Keller was his last name. He was a shepherd. And he was a Christian, but I mean, he was an actual shepherd. And uh, so he wrote a book on a shepherd's look at Psalm 23. Not a very big book. It's worth the read. But when he write, wrote the book, <clears throat> he talked about being a shepherd and how the shepherd was, got the, the sheep to be able to get rest. When he came to that particular verse, talking about leading, making them to lie down and leading them, he said there are things that cause 
uh, sheep not to rest. And he said that a shepherd has to take care of those things. For instance, parasites. Sometimes bugs and irritations will cause them to, uh, to not get their rest. And he said, listen, as a shepherd, those are things that you would have to make sure that you take care of as a shepherd. And so in Psalm 23, he would go through that. He, he talked about the different things. Um, sometimes it was other sheep, and he would have to separate the sheep to make sure that they would allow the, she- the other sheep to be able to get some rest. But the shepherd knew what needed to be taken place. God knows what you need to give you rest. Sometimes we think we do, but God knows. Look at the next verse, verse number th- uh, three. He restoreth my soul. The word restore means to, to turn around or to get up. Actually, the shepherd's term for that is when a sheep gets cast, C-A-S-T. A cast sheep is when, a she- when, when sheep fall and they can't get back up. All right? So he goes on here. He says, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So what does a shepherd do? He makes it so that we're not want without rest. He also makes sure that we're not lacking restoration to be able to get back up. For a just man falleth how many times? Seven times. Trisha May, if we go through all these verses, verse number two, we're not without rest. Verse number three, we're not without restoration. Verse number four, we're not without protection. Verse number five, we're not without provision. Verse number five, six, we're not without a home. I just want you to understand that God's your shepherd and he's going to take care of you. You know why? Because he loves his sheep. He knows his sheep by name. He has a fold. And that fold, he keeps the sheep together and he protects the sheep. Sometimes I think we cause our own problems. We get like one of those sheep looking for a break in the fence. We're like one of those sheep that try to get off and do our own thing. And God sometimes has to use his rod and his staff to try to get, his, get our attention. But I want to tell you something. He cares for his sheep. Listen, we might be leaving the United States of America not happy with the leadership in our country or our state. We, you might be in a situation where you're not happy with the leadership at your job. But I want to tell you there's one leadership that is supreme, and that's God. And we can always be happy with his leadership because he cares for his sheep. And he cares for you. But I want to tell you something. He might care for you, but you need to be concerned about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What did he say? Woe unto the shepherds. Woe unto the ones that are leading. They're not leading like I want them to lead because I take care of the sheep. God will always take care of you. And by the way, no matter what happens in this world until Christ comes back, God's still our shepherd and he's still going to take care of us. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?